Hi, I'm Rachel Sun. You're listening to the 7B Podcast. It's nearly invisible if you aren't looking for it, but Bonner County is in the midst of a health crisis, and it's not COVID-19. While stories of struggle in the past year have often centered on the physical impacts of the pandemic, another effect accompanied and took hold alongside the virus. A nearly overwhelming need for mental health service providers in North Idaho and elsewhere, the counselors are working overtime to meet. Eric Ridgway, founder and counselor at the Human Connection Counseling Services, told me a year ago one or two behavioral health providers might have had a waiting list. Now, nearly all of them do. Never was like that before, where everyone did. One or two individuals may have a waiting list, but it was like universal, everyone did. And so that is different. The uh, level of stress that came up from the isolation with COVID-19, marriages were experiencing more stress. Uh, Children, their school was disrupted. Um, They're seeing their friends, so they were experiencing more stress. Parents having way more time with the kids, struggling to help their kids with the schooling. Stress just went up for everybody. Gina Beck, Behavioral Health Director at Knixu Health Services, says the problem for people's mental health over the past two years is twofold. The first is that added stress, including financial hardship, isolation, and fear over the virus itself, led to more anxiety and depression. The second is that many of the protocols that were necessary to maintain physical safety, social distancing, quarantining, and generally avoiding contact with people outside the household, fell in direct opposition to many standard treatment options for people with depression. If people maybe have a little bit of depression, it increased their depression significantly. Mm-hmm. And the change in, you know, with the schools and then when we had to stay home, you know, we're, we're te- we were telling people that they had to stay home and isolate, which is a symptom of depression, isolation. So there was an increase in, I think, more in depression, anxiety, and, and PTSD. We've been seeing a lot of PTSD as well. Suicide rates also went up in 2020 after having dropped in 2019, Beck says. According to the National Foundation for Suicide Prevention, Idaho as a state ranks ninth in suicide deaths, and suicide is the eighth leading cause of death. The number of deaths per 100,000 people is 20.3, well above the national average of 13.93. In 2019, it actually had dropped, you know, and that was big. And then COVID happened a year later and it's back up again. Beck says providers have been working harder than ever to meet that increased demand. At Kniksu, counselors will at times fit clients in crisis into their lunch breaks or periods they would normally do paperwork. Crisis calls are another thing that's gone up. When those come in, counselors work to see patients right away, Beck says. The pandemic has also increased symptoms for people with trauma and PTSD, Beck says. The people that we're seeing, they were previously traumatized. Mm -hmm. And what can really aggravate some of those symptoms is when they don't feel safe again. Yeah. And if they're always worrying that they could get COVID, um, that could also increase those symptoms. People battling substance abuse were also affected and had a higher rate of relapse due to disruption of their recovery routines, Ridgeway says. 
even for people without many mental health challenges before the pandemic. The past year had a profound impact on many people's emotional well-being, he says. Children and family were notably impacted by the inconsistency in school, added pressure, and inability to socialize with peers for much of the year. While adults are capable of understanding the reason for some of those unpleasant requirements of a pandemic, children can't always comprehend it, Beck says. Um, a young child may not understand, you know, the big picture of COVID and not being able to see grandma. Mm-hmm. And then if a parent's telling them, well, you know, we've we got to keep everybody safe. Well, that's automatically going to, you know, put fear in a child. Wait, we're not safe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and when we work with kids, um, obviously the younger kids, we use play therapy. And again, depending on the age, helping them identify what feeling they're actually having. And then, um, and then you know, gaining better coping skills mm-hmm. to decrease like if they're having anxiety. Among adults, many were impacted by job loss and business owners struggled wondering if they would be able to keep their business open. Teachers were in a particularly difficult position. Stress levels, Ridgeway says, are higher than he's ever seen them. And it had never been like that in Bonner County in the 30 years I've been here. Although the pandemic alone would have created more demand for mental health care providers, an increase in those able to afford counseling also went up with the expansion of Medicaid, said Catherine Perus, a counselor at Seven Peaks Counseling. Currently, only some behavioral health providers, such as Conixio, accept Medicaid, in large part because of prohibitively labor-intensive paperwork that's required to accept it. Still, it significantly expanded the number of people seeking mental health treatment, she says. Other providers accept payment on a sliding scale. Some, like Perus, offer both. I do try to take a couple of pro bono cases, but... I do have to pay the rent, yeah. <laughs> so I have to limit those. Continued challenges to Medicaid make it more difficult for providers to offer affordable care to patients who need it, Peru says. Uh, and that's so detrimental to the families that live in poverty. You have to worry about, you know, not only do I have to make dinner, but what the heck am I going to make? Because yeah. I have one box of mac and cheese in the house and four little kids. That's stressful. While poverty makes it more difficult to access mental health care, it also greatly increases the need for it, Ridgeway says. They have the least amount of ability to pick themselves up by the bootstraps. As a society, we have to care about each other. Ridgeway says he considers it an ethical obligation to make counseling accessible, as do many other counselors. Although the cost is a common factor of why people don't seek counseling, he said it shouldn't deter people from seeking help. And I don't want them holding back with worries that they may not have the money to pay. I don't want people holding themselves back from asking. Mm-hmm. Because if they're genuinely seeking help and they speak to a mental health professional who's in this field for the right reason, they should not be turned away. One silver lining that she's seen in the past year, Beck says, is that the demand for mental health care shows more people are reaching out for help. Although mental health struggles are stigmatized, 
people are often more willing to talk about their struggles. Although clients sometimes feel weak for getting therapy, Beck says she applauds anyone who chooses to seek help. Um, I often hear that from my clients that they feel like it's a weakness that they have to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a huge strength to recognize that you have something going on and you need help to change that. That takes a lot of strength and power. It's not a weakness. Yeah. Another bright side to pandemic era healthcare is that insurance companies are covering telehealth, Beck says. That change increased accessibility for many patients and will continue to do so as restrictions lift, assuming that those online visits remain covered. I get that a lot. Yeah. I get people saying, well, it's really, there's so many people that have had bigger things than me. I hear that often. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. It's what's traumatic to you. And then how do we fix it? Counseling can also benefit anyone, Ridgeway says not just people struggling with acute mental health problems. Counselors are specifically trained to help people improve anxiety, stress, depression, and communication. Not every counselor will be right for an individual, he says, but people looking for help shouldn't give up if the first person they talk to isn't the right match for them. When Peruse first went to counseling, One of the first counselors she worked with was too warm and fuzzy to be a good match for her, she says. So she found someone else who was. It's kind of like shopping for a hairdresser that you like and trust. Yeah. You know, you don't keep going back when when it doesn't work for you. Right. And you look for a different, you don't quit getting your hair cut out. While seeking help from a professional is highly beneficial, community supporting each other as a whole is also important, Beck says. Have you ever seen a a flock of bees fly? They fly in that V formation, right? And the strongest one's at the front. And then they take turns when that one gets tired. And and then when when one isn't doing well, another another one will stay behind with them. And then when they're better, they fly back together. Mm -hmm. They're a team, right? They're working together. And I feel like as a community, we need to do that too. Um, if you see a change in somebody, if you have a concern about them, ask them. Mm-hmm. That could mean a lot to them. Yeah. And and just acknowledging, hey, I've, you know, you seem like you've been really down lately. You know, is there anything I can do to help? Those are powerful words. What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. You're not expected to know. You're not expected to have all the answers. Ridgeway said one of the things he's noticed during the pandemic is that many people are more generous and kind toward one another. Some of his clients, for instance, have asked him to prioritize clients in crisis. Ridgeway also pointed to generous giving and thoughtfulness in the community at large. But I have seen people be more sensitive and caring to total strangers. Um, people telling, again, strangers at the grocery store, the checkout, you know, be safe, be careful. I hope your family's safe. Mm -hmm. So I've seen generosity and kindness and compassion extended. um, And that um, heartens me to see a, a worldwide crisis bringing out the best in some people. And that some people choose to respond by extending kindness and compassion. Small words and actions can make a big difference for people who are struggling, Beck says. 
Both she and Peruse noted that helping to create hope for their clients is a big part of their job. She says as suicide rates increase, having a conversation with someone who may be at risk is important. Asking honest questions can be difficult, but it can help save someone's life. Well, I, I wish people would talk more about it instead of suffering in silence. You yeah. know? And I think we have a great community, and I think that um, that we can help people more than just that they have to go to counseling, that there's things that can help them in the community too. This has been the 7B Podcast. Thanks for listening.